You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. And welcome to Sonic Society, season twelve, episode five hundred and sixteen. No, don't, no, 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 don't, don't adjust your dials. I'm your host, David Old, but with me is <laughs> Jack Ward. I'm that other host. Are you a fan of classic noir detective shows, David? Oh, absolutely. I always like a good whodunit, and who doesn't really? Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering because I know it's a huge tradition in North America, and I know that there are some of my favorite sort of mystery whodunits in England. I mean, Miss Marvel. Mm. And the whole bit from Agatha Christie. Yep. What are some of your favorites? Oh, good Sherlock Holmes is uh, is never far away. Uh, good Poirot, of course. Poirot was was very famous on TV in the nineteen nineties and two thousands with uh, a guy called David Suchet. He was some might say the uh, the classic and 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 archetypal Poirot. Mm. Yeah, so th- there's a good few over here as well. Let's not forget Father Brown mysteries. Now, oh, of course, that's yes. that's a big yes. one. Also from Colonial Radio Theatre. Are you involved in those? <laughs> I, I might be in a few, yes. <laughs> yes, I am the announcer for the Colonial Radio Theatre Father Brown Mysteries. But uh, not only that, I have been in a few myself, uh, essentially being even more English than even I am at the moment. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. <laughs> I've got to go back and listen to some more Father Browns. But for now, this week we present the new noir detective series Rex Riveter and the Case of the Poison Parakeet from Downstairs Entertainment and Davy Boy Productions. Mm. And it all happens right here on the Sonic Society. Tonight and every Monday night. Downstairs Entertainment, in association with David Boy Productions, presents Rex Riveter, Private Eye. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Rex Riveter, Private Eye, in The Case of the Poison Parakeet. The name is Riveter. Rex Riveter. License number 698753. Issued by the Police Department of Los Angeles. Occupation? Private detective. Sometimes known as a private eye. Or private dick. I don't like that term, private dick. But it's better than being called a public dick. Or being called a dick in public. It had been a long day. I'd been beaten up, shot at, seduced... And accused of murder. And somewhere in there, I managed to solve a case and make a little bit of cabbage. It would have been a perfect time to have a drink and catch 40 winks on the couch in my office. Unfortunately, things don't always work out like we planned. Hello? Is anyone here? Go away. I'm looking for Rex Riveter. He flew south for the winter. Well, I'd like to hire him. I have money. I'm up. I'm up. Feast or famine? Sometimes that's the way it is in this business. Little did I know that this case was going to change my life. He's slightly built. No more than 100 pounds soaking wet. His eyes dart around the office like a long-tailed cat in a rocking chair factory. He stands there, looking at me through thick glasses, nervously steepling his fingers in front of him. I'm Riveter. How can I help? My name is Percival Bartlett Finch. All right, Mr. Finch. Bartlett Finch. Bart... what? Bartlett Finch. It's hyphenated. Percival Bartlett Finch. I'm a professor of ornithology. Orni... look, Percy. Percival if you don't mind, Mr. Riveter. Percival Bartlett Finch. Uh, As I was saying, I'm a professor of ornithology at the university. 
I teach the systematic, distribution, evolution, and field biology of birds, and I would like to hire you to solve a murder. A murder? At the university? Indeed. Shouldn't you be talking to the cops? I already did, earlier this morning. It was one of those officers that directed me to you, in fact. A tall fellow, nicely dressed, built like a bull. Indeed. How did you... Oh, well, someone in your profession surely must have friends in the police force. Something like that. All right. Who got whacked? A professor? Oh, no, no. Student? Oh, good heavens, no. All right. I'll bite. I would like you to find out who murdered Adam and Eve. Uh, look, Professor, I'm a pretty good detective, but I think you're going to want to talk to Father Flynn over at St. Mary's. What? No. Mr. Riveter, you misunderstand me. Adam and Eve are birds. Melopsiticus undulatus budgeriga to be exact. One of my former students presented them to me last year. Um... I used them in my classroom. Yesterday, they were playing with their toys and interacting with the students, as is customary. And today, when I came in, they were behaving strangely, indolent, and then each fell off of their perch and lay there in the bottom of the cage. Maybe they died of old age. How long do these mela... Melopsiticus undulatus budgeriga. They can live anywhere from five to eight years. These two were young. Only a year and a half. I see. Um, look, Mr... Bartlett Finch. Professor Percival Bartlett Finch. Why is that so difficult to remember, Mr. Riveter? Right. Mr. Bartlett Finch... Professor. Professor Percival Bartlett Finch. All right... Professor, it has been an extremely long day. I'm pretty beat. Maybe you could phone back tomorrow morning and speak to my secretary, Miss McIntosh. She can arrange a time Mr. To... Riveter, is this a brush-off? Uh, uh-huh. Yes, this certainly feels like a brush-off. This is precisely what the police did to me this afternoon. They thought I didn't notice, but I did. I have eyes like a hawk, Mr. Riveter. I can see a brush-off from a mile away. Look, uh... This is precisely why I prefer birds over people. In the animal kingdom, if one member of a species does not wish to associate with another, he will simply... Okay, look, (laughs) Professor, what makes you suspect foul play? Foul. Is that a bird joke, Mr. Riveter? Foul... What makes you think someone killed your birds, other than the fact that they were fine yesterday? I not only suspect foul play, as you say, I can direct you to the culprit. To the... huh? The murderer. It was none other than my teaching assistant, Evelyn Lawrence. Evelyn... Lawrence. She is my teaching assistant. And why would she She be... does not have an appreciation for our fair, foul friends. Shocking. Indeed. Can't you turn her into a... Well, there must be some sort of governing body. Mr. Riveter, there are some extenuating circumstances that prevent me from approaching the board without proof. All right, Professor, I'll tell you what. If I promise to look into this problem for you, will you go home and get some sleep and let me do the same? Yes, if you agree to call on me tomorrow during my office hours. At the university? Of course. I figure the only way to get the professor out of there so I can go home and get a little shut-eye is to take his case. He says he shares his office with another instructor, so the best time to reach him would be at one o'clock. I promise I will be there, and he promises to have my retainer. I can poke around for a day or so and then return his money. No harm, no foul. I've got to stop saying that word. Leave Jenny a note with the extra dough from the Madison affair and head home. Knowing then what I know now, I should have refused the case. Hi, this is Dave Rivas from Davy Boy Productions. I would like to talk to you for a minute on behalf of Downstairs Entertainment. We would like to thank you for listening. 
We're only a few episodes into our season and we are thrilled with the extraordinary response we've received from you already. It is our intent to continue bringing you quality audio entertainment. If you're enjoying the show, please keep listening and tell your friends. Share the episodes on Facebook and tweet about us. Help us get the word out about the program. We would also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. Your reviews are what boosts our visibility, which brings us more listeners, which allows us to continue providing quality audio entertainment to you, our fans. You can contact Downstairs Entertainment on Facebook. Email us at admin at dsentertain.com or call us at 619-385-9961. That number again is 619-385-9961. We have some exciting things coming up this season in Rex Riveter, and we can't wait to share them with you. Thanks again for listening. We love our loyal fans. And now, back to the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we return to Rex Riveter, Private Eye, in The Case of the Poison Parakeet. By the time I get back to the office the next morning, Jenny is already working the keys on her Remington. She's nothing if not dedicated. Good morning, Angel. Good morning, boss. Still in one piece, I see. Sure, why wouldn't I be? Well, after you and Mrs. Madison came in. Oh, that. Just wrapping up a case. Turns out our client isn't who she said she was. By the way, I made a little bonus. I take it you found it? I found it, all right. I thought maybe she had... Oh, never mind. Now, who is Professor Bartlett Finch? Oh, don't tell me he called. Twice. He said you were going to meet with him. He wanted to make sure you had the address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just leaving. Toodles, boss. It takes me a while to find the professor's office. There's a lot of construction going on. Mr. Riveter, come in. I must apologize for the condition of things on campus. They're building facilities for the new medical school. It's scheduled to open later this year. None too soon for me. No kidding. Well, that must be very exciting. Exciting? Mr. Riveter, four years ago, I was a leading member of the faculty of this university. I had my own office and three assistants. This semester, I have been forced to hold classes in the reception lounge of the religious conference building and share my office with a rutting brute of a man named Simon Hoffman. I have been informed, in no uncertain terms, that his research takes precedence over mine. Have you any idea how that feels, Mr. Riveter? Can't say that I do. It's absurd. But you are not here to hear about my troubles. I have the money we spoke of, but how can I be assured you won't just take it and sit on your laurels? I guess you don't. I'll tell you what. If I don't find anything within, say, three days, I will return the full fifty dollars. No harm, no foul. That is, uh, we'll call it even. Well, that seems fair. Yes, I will agree to your terms. I imagine you would like to see the crime scene. Yeah. Sure, sure. Finch leads me down a hall into a temporary classroom and laboratory. There's a typical assortment of odds and ends one might expect to find. A chalkboard, some desks. A podium I imagine Professor Finch stands behind as he inflicts knowledge on his students. But there's also some other items. The walls of one half of the room are covered with pictures and diagrams of birds of every type imaginable. The other half is covered with test tubes and vials. And a life-size mannequin with the internal organs showing. It's straight out of a Frankenstein picture. There's an industrial-sized refrigerator against the wall. The kind you might see in a restaurant. I open it to take a peek inside. Inside are several jars of some kind of animals and liquid. I assume it's formaldehyde. Some look like mice, but their arms or legs are like flippers of a dolphin. I half expect to find Igor shuffling around, mixing chemicals. Mr. Riveter, please do not disturb Professor Hoffman's things. He 
he's very particular about who he allows in his part of the classroom. Neither I nor any of my students is allowed near his precious equipment. I'll do my best. I guess the cleaning lady wasn't too fond of the birds. The cleaning lady? Sure, birds tend to... That is, the newspaper at the bottom of the cage is usually... It it has a pretty strong odor. Mr. Riveter, what are you going on about? It smells like cleaner in here. Don't you smell that? I'm afraid I've never had much of a sense of smell. That's one of the amazing things I find fascinating about birds. You have undoubtedly heard the old wives' tale that if you touch a nest full of eggs that the mother won't return. Sure. It's poppycock. No kidding. Indeed. Anywho, over here is the cage where I found them. Adam and Eve, right? I guess that makes this Eden. (laughs) Mr. Riveter? You know, like in the Bible? Adam? Eve? This is not the school of religious studies. I did not name them, Mr. Riveter. They were a gift from a former graduate student. All right. Uh, So any idea how the deceased... They were in one piece. No signs of any turmoil. I have thought I should perform a full necropsy. Professor Finch is interrupted just as he begins to instruct me on the finer points of the avian nervous system. Oh, Professor Finch, I was unaware you would be here. Aren't these your office hours? Indeed. Professor Hoffman, this is Mr. Riveter. Mr. Riveter, this is Professor Hoffman. Mr. Riveter is here to investigate the deaths. Ah, well, guten tag, Mr. Riveter. You're German? Very astute, Mr. Riveter. I expect with powers of observation such as you have displayed, you will get to the bottom of this great mystery in no time. Now, Professor Finch, as per our agreement, the one o'clock hour is mine in the laboratory, and as you know, my work is very important to the university. I do not wish to be disturbed. We were just leaving. The temperature drops about 20 degrees as soon as Hoffman enters the classroom. There's definitely no love lost between those two. We continue our conversation on the way back to Finch's office. My apologies, Mr. Riveter. We will have to find an appropriate time for you to conduct your investigation. I would have my assistant, Evelyn, make those arrangements with you if she weren't already involved. What makes you think that she is? As I said last night, Mr. Riveter, Evelyn is not interested in the finer points of ornithology. Her work has slipped lately, and she did not show the dedication necessary. Oh, my. Who are you? Good afternoon, Professor Finch. My name is Lieutenant Burke. We met yesterday at the police station. Remember me? Yes, Inspector. I remember you. Riveter! Hello, Inspector. Fancy meeting you here. I'm not sure who is more surprised, Finch or me at seeing Los Angeles' finest in the professor's office, or Burke at seeing me. And it's Bartlett Finch, Inspector. Professor Percival Bartlett Finch. Shut your yap. What are you doing here? Don't you remember? You recommended me. Yes, but I never thought. I never thought you would be so desperate. I take all of my clients' concerns seriously. I see. Well, we take some things seriously, too, Mr. Riveter. Especially murder. Finally. Murder? It must be a slow day when the city has you investigating parricide. What's next? The fire department hauling cats out of trees? Melopsiticus undulatus budgeriga, more commonly called parakeets or budgies. Not parrots, Mr. Riveter. Although they do belong to the parrot family. Can it, both of you? This isn't about birds, Riveter. It's about a dead girl. A student of Mr. Finch's, one Evelyn Lawrence... Does that name ring a bell, Mr. Finch? Professor... Can it! She is a student and my assistant, but what has that got to do with any of... And when was the last time you saw Miss Lawrence? Monday. She was working late. Why? Monday. Today is Thursday. You say she is your assistant and you haven't seen her in three days. Isn't that peculiar? Well, it is rather unlike her, but as I was just telling Mr. Riveter, her work has been slipping as of late. She has not been showing the same dedication she had earlier in the semester. She was not in class yesterday, which is why I assume she must have had something to do with the deaths of Adam and Eve. Her body was found in her apartment this morning. What have you got to say about that? Her body? That's right. Miss Lawrence's landlady said she noticed an unusual smell coming from her apartment. 
She went in this morning to investigate and found the murdered corpse of your student, Evelyn Lawrence. She had been stabbed several times, small incisions. Coroner says it looks like one of those scalpels doctors use. Do you have any scalpels, Mr. Finch? Burke dispatches a couple of flatfoots to check the lab we had just left. I hear a heated discussion from down the hall. Professor Hoffman obviously didn't like being disturbed. Before long, the cops come back with Hoffman following closely behind. I think we found what we were looking for, Lieutenant. Look, lots of those scalpels. What is the meaning of this? Who are you? I am Professor Hoffman. These men of yours are disrupting some very important work. Well, Mr. Hoffman. Professor. Professor. It seems your esteemed colleague got himself in a little bit of hot water. Do you know Evelyn Lawrence? Evelyn? Yes, Yes, I know her. When was the last time you saw her? The last time? I don't know. A few days ago, I imagine. Why? Is something wrong? She's dead. Dead? I see. And you believe that Professor Finch is somehow involved? A thought crossed my mind. Well, that is absurd. She was stabbed 17 times. Oh, my lord. In my experience, that's the work of someone very angry. It was a crime of passion, Mr. Finch. I... Finch's eyes start to bulge behind the glasses, and his mouth works, but no words come out. He looks like a fish on the moon. Nothing to breathe and no way to make a sound. I expect him to start flopping around on the floor. What do you think the odds are, Mr. Finch, that our lab will find some remains of blood or skin from the victim on one of these instruments? More fish faces. All right, boys, let's bring Mr. Finch downtown for a little chat. Out of sheer habit, I'm about to protest on behalf of my client. But before I can say a word, Percy drops to the floor, prone. What the hell is wrong with him? What are you trying to pull, Finch? Lieutenant, I think he fainted. Tonight's episode of Rex Riveter, Private Eye, stars Randy Cool and Rhiannon McAfee, featuring Nick Young, guest starring Dave Hibbler and James Steinberg. Tonight's episode was written by Greg McAfee and is transcribed in San Diego, California. It is produced by Downstairs Entertainment with recording, sound, and editing by Davey Boy Productions. The Rex Riveter theme, Nightmare, by the Artie Shaw Orchestra, is used by permission of Music Sales Corp. Rex Riveter is directed by Rhiannon McAfee with vocal sound and technical direction by Dave Rivas. And if you enjoyed tonight's episode, please find us on the internet at www.dsentertain.com or on the Facebook or the Twitter. Tonight's episode of Rex Riveter Private Detective is brought to you in part by Davy Boy Productions. For sound design, private voiceover workshops, or to consult with voiceover recording artist Dave Revis about your project, visit www.davyboyproductions.com. And be sure to join us next Monday night, same time and place, for the exciting second part of Rex Riveter and the Case of the Poisoned Parakeet. For Downstairs Entertainment, this is Greg McAfee speaking. Tonight and every Monday night, Downstairs Entertainment in association with Davy Boy Productions presents Rex Riveter, Private Eye, 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, part two of Rex Riveter, Private Eye, in The Case of the Poison Parakeet. name is Riveter, Rex Riveter. I'm a private eye. I was hired by a college professor by the name of Finch to find out who killed a couple of birds in his classroom. Sure, the case is nonsense, but after the last job, I figured a couple days of R&R would suit me just fine. The problem is, the professor's assistant, Evelyn Lawrence, had been murdered. Stabbed 17 times by what the cops assume is a scalpel kind of scalpel my client has in his lab at the university. It doesn't look good for Finch. I could have just let it go, let the cops handle it. If he's guilty, he'll have his day in court. That would have been the smart thing to do. I've never been all that bright. As Finch was being escorted to a waiting squad car, a crowd starts to gather outside his office. He's met by a sea of anxious co-eds. Professor Simon Hoffman shares a classroom with Finch. He looks pretty shaken up. He addresses the students and tells them that, under the circumstances, he's canceled the classes for the rest of the day. One boy in particular looks especially troubled, but he disappears into the group before I get a good look at him. After the crowd disperses, I talk to Hoffman. Well, Professor, what are you going to do now? I shall go back to work, Mr. Riveter. I suggest you do the same. The police have their man. Drive back to the office with the same itch at the base of my skull I always get when something doesn't add up. If Percy killed his assistant, why would he go to the cops and then hire me? Sure, he came to me about his birds dying, but... I would think that if he was a murderer, the last thing he would want to do is draw any attention to himself. Although, he did mention a couple of times that his assistant's work had been declining lately, and he hadn't seen her in a few days. Maybe the whole thing was just a ruse to throw the cops off the trail. He was a pretty odd duck. Seriously, enough with the bird jokes. Well, how'd it go? Did the Birdman take the news okay? It didn't go quite as planned, Angel. Uh Uh-oh. What happened? Did you ruffle his feathers? Bird humor? I expected a little more out of you. Sorry, boss. Give me an address on Evelyn Lawrence. She was Finch's assistant. Well, didn't he say she hadn't been to class in a while? You think she had something to do with the birds? I'm not sure what to think. She hasn't been to class because she's dead. Oh, no. Your friend that works for the coroner, what's her name? Margie. Right, Margie. Why don't you get her on the horn? I'd like to know what happened to Miss Lawrence. I'll be in my office. Buzz me when you get anything. Sure thing, boss. I'll get right on it. Oh, I almost forgot. You got a call from your friend, the one that came by yesterday? He said you were supposed to phone him last night. Breslow. Slipped my mind. I'll give him a ring later, Angel. Right now, let's get that coroner's report. Sure thing, boss. The life of a private gumshoe isn't what you read in the dime store novels. It's not all... Doe-eyed brunettes and jewel thieves hiding their loot inside a black bird. Murder cases are rare. And when you catch one, sniff the butler that did it. Mostly, it's sitting in your car at 4 a.m., waiting for a stray husband to leave his secretary's apartment, or finding a lost teenager that came out to L.A. to become the next Lana Turner. You eat a lot of diner food and drink a lot of day-old coffee. What else are you going to do? After the war, you came back home to small-town USA... I wasn't home anymore. Your friends, the ones that made it back, all seem to ease into civilian life. They marry the high school sweetheart and settle down to raise a pack of kids. But as much as you might try, you can't catch your breath in a place where everybody knows you. There's something disconcerting about taking a walk around the town square and seeing all the smiling faces, knowing all their secrets, and knowing they know yours. It's just... Unnatural. So you wander around for a bit, 
Never staying in one place too long. Maybe you're lost. Or maybe there's something pulling you. Maybe you're no different than that kid coming to Hollywood to be a star. Both looking for that thing that makes you special. That thing that fulfills you. You don't stand a chance in hell of finding it. Hello, Angel. That was quick. Oh, sorry, boss. I have a call into Margie, but there's someone here for you. A client? I'm not exactly sure, but I think you're going to want to see him. All right. Well, send him in. By the sound of Jenny's voice, I'm not going to like this. I could have spent the rest of my life trying to guess who was going to walk through that door. I never would have got it right. The kid outside of Finch's office is now standing in mine. His eyes are red and puffy. He looks like he hasn't slept in a week. Add to that fact that he smells like a distillery. He must have followed me from the university. Which means maybe he could shed some light on this case. I invite him to sit down before he collapses. Come on in. Take a squat on the couch there. It's not too comfortable, but I need your help. What you need is some sleep and a bath. Not necessarily in that order. A hot meal wouldn't hurt either. Professor Bartlett Finch hired you, is that right? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't have time for games, mister. This is a matter of life and death. Lump a dough in my office dressed like a college kid stops talking. Suddenly he's a heartbroken teenager, dressed up, but no one to take to the spring dance. He tears up and I can see the golf ball forming in his throat. I pull the bottle of snake bite medicine out of the bottom drawer of my desk. I keep it there in case of emergencies, like burning out a gunshot wound. Or a 19-year-old lovesick college kid stumbling into my office. Sit down. Here, take a swig of this. Now, why don't you tell me what brought you here? I saw you outside Professor Bartlett Finch's office when the police took him away. I heard some of the students talking. They said he had killed her. Killed? Evie. The bird? Not Eve, Evie. Oh, uh, you mean Evelyn Lawrence. Only the professor called her that. He's very particular about names. So I noticed. Why were you there? You had it right. The professor hired me to look into something. The murder? Not exactly. Something unrelated. Look, kid, I don't have Eugene. All right. Eugene, why did you follow me? Do you know something about the case? About Evelyn Lawrence? Did Finch kill her? Yes. No, I... What? No, of course not. I've seen the look on the kid's face before. Hardened men in combat sometimes get it when they witness something particularly horrible. Even though their eyes go wide, their vision shrinks, like looking down a long tunnel. Pretty soon, they don't see anything at all, just the same scene running over and over, like a movie looping through a projector in their head, repeating the horror over and over, over and over. Except that this isn't some soldier on a battlefield. This is a kid. A civilian. Some guy who should be taking his date to Inspiration Point on Saturday night. Whose greatest hope is to wear a sweater vest and get into a good firm. Settle down with his college sweetheart and raise children of his own. I give him a good slap across the chops. Ah. Nothing that'll leave a mark. Just enough to bring him back to the present. What'd you do that for? I was getting bored with the voice in my head. I thought I'd listen to yours for a while. You were standing outside Finch's office. You went to all the trouble of following me here. Why don't you tell me what this is about? Professor Bartlett Finch didn't kill Evie. Professor Hoffman did. Hoffman? The German? Yes! I see. What makes you think that he was... They were having an affair, Mr. Riveter. Hoffman and Finch? No! Hoffman and Evie. Professor Hoffman killed Evie to cover it up. Hoffman seemed like a pretty big deal on campus. Would a little slap and tickle with a student get him into that much trouble? Maybe not with the university, but if he's married, his wife wouldn't like it too much. Hi, this is Dave Rivas from Davy Boy Productions. I would like to talk to you for a minute on behalf of Downstairs Entertainment. We would like to thank you for listening. We're only a few episodes into our season and we are thrilled with the extraordinary response we've received from you already. It is our intent to continue bringing you quality audio entertainment. If you're enjoying the show, 
please keep listening and tell your friends. Share the episodes on Facebook and tweet about us. Help us get the word out about the program. We would also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. Your reviews are what boosts our visibility, which brings us more listeners, which allows us to continue providing quality audio entertainment to you, our fans. You can contact Downstairs Entertainment on Facebook. Email us at admin at dsentertain.com or call us at 619-385-9961. That number again is 619-385-9961. We have some exciting things coming up this season in Rex Riveter, and we can't wait to share them with you. Thanks again for listening. We love our loyal fans. And now, back to the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we return to Rex Riveter, Private Eye, in The Case of the Poison Parakeet. They were having an affair, Mr. Riveter. Professor Hoffman killed Evie to cover it up. No kidding. And how do you know We used to go together, Evie and me. But that ended months ago, once Professor Hoffman came to the university. She started missing dates, and then a few weeks ago, she called it off entirely. I went by the lab one night, and I heard the two of them together. And you think he killed her to keep his wife from finding out? Do you have any proof? About whether he's married? No. About the affair? Everyone knew about it. That's why she broke it off with me. Why else would she? I want to tell him there's no way of ever knowing why dames do what they do. But the look on his face tells me maybe he's not ready for that kind of education. Why didn't you go to the cops with this? Or speak up when they were taking away the professor? You said it yourself, Mr. Riveter. I don't have any proof. And isn't that what they're going to want? So I came to you. I want to hire you to find Evie's killer. I want you to prove it was Professor Hoffman. What if it wasn't? It was. I know it. If you're worried about money, I have some. It's not much, but I can get you more. Forget it, kid. Keep your money. I've already been paid. But how can I be sure that you'll I'll do... I'll tell you what. I'll talk to Hoffman. See if there's anything to what you're saying. Do you have a picture of Evie? He takes a photo out of his wallet. It's of the two of them taken in one of those photo booths inside some burger malt shop. This is all I have. Will it work? That'll do just fine. Leave your number with Jenny. I promise I'll look into it and get back to you with anything I find. You go home and get some sleep. Do you promise, as a professional, that you'll do your best? I pinky swear. Go home. I'll call you just as soon as I learn anything. Eugene leaves my office and I feel like a heel for getting his hopes up. But he needs sleep. I have to open a window to get the smell of stale whiskey out of the couch. What do you got? I found the address for Evelyn Lawrence. You owe me. Put it on my tab. Hey, Angel, what's the name of that mouthpiece at the end of the hall? The lawyer? Martin, I think. Is that his first name or his last? Yes. (laughs) You're a help. I'll look in on him on my way out. Jot down Evie's address for me, will you? I'll make that my first stop. On your way out? Our client is in a slammer. Where are you going? I've got to see a horse about a man. As I drive over to Evie Lawrence's address, questions run around my head like dusty roads touching all the bases. Who killed the girl? Was she really having an affair with Professor Hoffman? If so, did he have enough at stake to take her life, or was it something else? Is Professor Finch somehow involved? Do the dead birds have anything to do with the case? Or are they just a red herring? None of it makes sense. Evie lived in a two-story walk-up on San Vicente, across from a food store. I find the apartment manager, and with a little persuasion, and a picture of Alexander Hamilton, she lets me into the dead girl's matchbox. There's police tape and an outline of the deceased on the kitchen floor. 
I'm careful not to disturb anything, just in case the cops want to come back. I see the spot where the body was found. There's a little bit of blood on the tile floor, but no other sign that anything is amiss. The next thing I notice is all the other tools someone could have used to kill Evelyn Lawrence. Kitchen knives, pots, pans, a letter opener. But she was killed with a small, very sharp instrument. Burke's men figure it's a scalpel. I do a quick search, but don't find anything that fits the description in the dead girl's apartment. Which doesn't mean anything. Either the cops have it, or the murderer took it with him. If he took it with him, he might have also brought it to Lawrence's apartment. Meaning the murder was premeditated. Too many loose ends to get any real feel for what happened. There's one thing. She'd been stabbed 17 times. Which means that it was no accident. It also means that whoever killed this girl was very, very angry. I expected there to be more blood. On the dresser in her bedroom is a framed picture of Evelyn and Eugene. A happy couple in happier days. There's a look of hope in their eyes. Maybe it's just the way the light from the window is hitting the photo. The boys in Blue Moving Company had been through here earlier, and it looked like they hadn't missed a spot. As I lose myself in my own thoughts, I feel a presence in the apartment. The creaky floorboard sends a shock up my spine. My body reacts automatically, pull my piece and draw a bead on the sound. Standing in the doorway is a familiar but unexpected face. Professor Hoffman, I didn't expect to see you here. I came to... Out of a morbid curiosity, I have never seen a, a what do you call it, a, a crime scene before. Oh, you don't say. How well did you know Miss Lawrence? She was Professor Finch's student. She showed great aptitude as a laboratory assistant. Is that all? I am not sure I understand your meaning, Mr. Private Detective. I mean, is that all she was, or was there more going on between the two of you? Ah, you mean, was there something untoward in my relationship with Miss Lawrence? Oh, you catch on quick. You are a private dick, no? I really don't like that. I am a scientist. My work at the university consumes me. I do not have time for dalliances with coeds. That's not really an answer. Perhaps not for you, but it is the only one I am offering. But what are you doing here, Herr Detective? I came to get some overdue library books. The school is really cracking down on that sort of thing. Oh, you are making a joke. <laughs> that is very good. Undoubtedly, Eve's family will appreciate that you are making light of this very serious situation. What did you just say? I was making note that you do not seem to be taking this situation seriously, Herr Detective. You called her Eve. What? Evelyn Lawrence, Professor Finch's assistant. You called her Eve. Not Evelyn or Evie. Eve. I am not certain what you are getting at, Mr. Rivetta. You knew her, didn't you? Intimately. That's why you're here at her apartment, to see if she left any incriminating evidence of your affair. That is absurd. Despite the rumors, I am a bachelor hair detective. I have nothing to hide. Then why take the time out of your very busy research schedule to drive over here? There's something you're not telling me. I want to know what it is. Or maybe you would prefer that we discuss this with Lieutenant Burke down at the police station. I wonder what the university muckety-mucks would think of their star professor being arrested for a student's murder. Once that news hits the paper, how much money do you think your department will get to continue your research? <gasps> you wouldn't dare! I think we both know that's not true. Why don't you tell me about your relationship with Miss Lawrence, Professor? They say the confession is good for the soul. Confession is pointless! I do not believe in God, Herr Detective. Does that shock you? Not really. I spent three weeks one night in Pacoima. Nothing shocks me. Your attempt at humor is plebeian at best. It is suitable for drunks and those who work at the bowling alley. Some of the best people I know are drunks who work at the bowling alley. Well, my curiosity has been satisfied. As you noted, I must get back to my research. Tell me, Professor, what kind of research do you do? Pardon me? Finch seemed very put out by being put out. His story is that before you came along, he was big man on campus. Do you believe that is the real reason for his behavior? Meaning? I find you amusing, Herr Detective, so I will help you with your investigation. 
If for no other reason, then you might see that I have nothing to hide and will leave me alone hereafter. I have heard the rumors around campus about Evie, and while they are not exactly true, there is something about them you should know. Professor Finch killed Evelyn Lawrence because she was cheating. Cheating? On the kid that gave Finch the bird? What? No, she was leaving Professor Finch's employment to come and work for me as my assistant. Could she do that? Under normal circumstances, no. However, as you so eloquently put it, I was the new big man on campus. The university administration was willing to bend the rules so that I could get additional assistance in my research. So... Finch killed her because she was switching sides? You cannot understand the type of rivalries that can form in academia. A man like Professor Finch, who has been allowed to exist in obscurity, is threatened when someone with real genius comes along to bring focus onto the campus, or he cannot scurry back into the shadow and is forced to observe from the sidelines what the university is willing to do for a man of vision such as myself. You really don't suffer from modesty, do you, Professor? That is an ailment with which I have never been afflicted. Tell me, what kind of research do you do that makes a university swoon like a teenage girl? My research is of no concern to you. Not going well, huh? What? Well, I figure most big-time educated guys like yourself getting money from school would fall all over themselves to boast about how their work is going. But if you don't want to talk about it, there must be a reason... Maybe it's not going like you planned. Maybe the university isn't getting its money's worth. Suddenly, Hoffman's tone changed. He was less boastful, almost defensive. Emesis gravidarum. Sticks and stones, Professor. My research. If you must know, I am working on a vaccine to cure Emesis gravidarum, more commonly referred to as morning sickness. Do you have any idea how many women suffer from this ailment? The university is very interested in attaching itself to my research. I am close to a breakthrough and must get back to the lab. Good day, Herr Detective. I do not expect we will speak again. All right, Doc. Don't ruffle your feathers. Morning sickness. Go figure. The old man's voice echoes in the back of my noodle. Don't swing for the fences unless it's an easy ball, son. Be content with running part of the way. Thanks, Pop. Look where that thinking got you. Still, the old man knew a thing or two about a thing or two. He may not have had a college education, but I would put his mind against any of these university eggheads. He understood people, a skill I am still trying to hone. Pushing Hoffman's buttons may not have gotten me any good information about the case, but it seemed to upset him a little bit. That's got to count for something. The next stop on the agenda is the police station. Hopefully, the mouthpiece I hired was having more luck than I was. The idea of Professor Finch and Lieutenant Burke in a room together sent chills down my spine. I just wasn't sure which one of them to feel more sorry for. As soon as I got off the elevator on the third floor of Police HQ... I heard the yelling from behind closed doors. For he is God's servant for your own good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Lieutenant Burke was delivering a eulogy for my client's freedom. For he is a servant of God, an avenger, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. What a gas bag. Tonight's episode of Rex Riveter, Private Eye, stars Randy Cool and Rhiannon McAfee, featuring Nick Young, guest-starring James Steinberg and Joe Feheron. Tonight's episode was written by Greg McAfee and is transcribed in San Diego, California. It is produced by Downstairs Entertainment, with recording, sound, and editing by Davy Boy Productions. The Rex Riveter theme, Nightmare, by the Artie Shaw Orchestra, is used by permission of Music Sales Corp. 
Rex Riveter is directed by Rhiannon McAfee, with vocal sound and technical direction by Dave Rivas. And if you enjoyed tonight's episode, please find us on the internet at www.dsentertain.com or on the Facebook or the Twitter. Tonight's episode of Rex Riveter Private Detective is brought to you in part by Davy Boy Productions. For sound design, private voiceover workshops, or to consult with voiceover recording artist Dave Rivas about your project, visit www.davyboyproductions.com. And be sure to join us next Monday night, same time and place, for the exciting conclusion of Rex Riveter and the case of the poisoned parakeet. For Downstairs Entertainment, this is Greg McAfee speaking. And that's this week's show. Please return next week for the conclusion of Rex Riveter and the case of the poisoned parakeet. And for Jack Ward and myself, David Holt, do take care of each other and a good night from the Sonic Society. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi there, and welcome to Sonic Society Seven. <laughs> no more. That's it. I'm doing them from now on. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's excellent for bloopers. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bad Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do nothing. Not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop.